All right, everybody, this is producer Jake opening up the episode because what you're about to listen to is a little bit different than the average episode, even the average live episode that you've probably gotten used to over the last couple of weeks as the guys toured the U.S. Um, this episode, though, the recording setup was not functioning right in the space, so the guys couldn't, like, project their voices out while also recording. So what we got was phone recordings, essentially, off of our little live mics, which is, um, it's messy. I won't lie to you. It is, it is a messy one, but we figured we would pump out something, uh, to listen to for the people who were there and the people who wanted to catch on this one and hear all the latest from the guys. So just a forewarning, uh, it's, it's not the cleanest, it's not the prettiest, but it's, it's listenable. It's fine. You'll hear it. Um, and yeah, and I'll be back to jump to some ad breaks too as well. So enjoy the episode and, uh, yeah, see you later. We made it. Thank you, everybody, for being here. We're the London is Blue Podcast. We, as always, your hosts, Brandon, Nick, and Dan. Woo! Hello. Hello, DC. Uh, we are super excited to be following Chelsea around on the summer tour, a little USA tour, back-to-back summers. Uh, we're excited to be in DC. Uh, when was the last time Chelsea's in DC? Anybody? 2015. All right, so we're going off on eight years. They finally made it back, Nick. Not only that, uh, I think a lot of our friends have been building the grassroots effort for eight years, haven't they? All right, you're going to have to excuse all the construction puns. No, 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 the constructing the culture. Oh, my God. That's what I should follow up. We're cutting a lot of bullshit right now. Um, but, yeah, look, guys, we are so excited. We saw the, the numbers of signups for this show, and it blew us away. And I guess I'm not disappointed. Uh, shouts for Astro Beer Hall for hosting tonight. Absolutely fantastic. And, uh, and big shouts to the Beltway Blues, who have been awesome. So, so you guys don't point the mics backwards, okay. the volume's coming that way. Got it. All right, am I, am I back to me now? Yeah. Yes. Oh, jeez. You are the host of this podcast. Well, uh, we are excited. Uh, he's the goalkeeper. He's just yeah. waiting to see what happens. As I was alluding to, uh, we are here, the Beltway Blues hosting. Uh, we've been in contact for months on this one. Uh, a lot of planning has got into it, whether or not you believe us or not. And we're um, really excited to, to be able to have you guys on stage. I'm, I'm not going to stop. No. We're going to have you guys on stage. Uh, walk us through it, because there's not only today, there's a lot planned in D.C. throughout the rest of the weekend. We want to make sure we highlight everything that is going on. Yeah, massive shout, obviously, to Allison, who's doing the raffle table. Buy your tickets. Who uh, elected to not come on the stage. And then we have Matt Ammerman here, who did elect to come on the stage. Shouts to Matt. Matt, there's a lot going on uh, whilst you're here. Uh, obviously, a bit of a late start, but you know we're going to rally. Uh, thoughts and feelings on everything that's happening. Tell the people about the raffle. Look it up. Um, thank you all for coming. We had a, this is going to be an awesome weekend. Um, worked through all the stage stuff, some audio stuff, but it's worth while working out, too. So, oh my god, is that me? We're pointing at each other. I might you're just good. yell. No, you're good. good. All right, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, if you joined uh, us at the Washington Spirit match last night, thank you guys for coming so much. Um, crazy agenda today. Um, you guys are doing the live pod now, which is awesome. We've got Spy doing a Q&A at 5, so I'll be back up here um, listening to him be very long-winded. 
which he's not normally. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> and then we've got Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank coming in at 8 o'clock with the club. So I'm sure everybody's super excited um, to see Jimmy. Uh, if you were interested in carpentry or stage building, you got a free demo today. So credit to Astro for doing that. So, um, you know, I probably should have bought a helmet because I don't know how this is going to hold up. So we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming. It's been a few years since we've hosted everybody. Um, thankful to be, uh, be a host city. And um, welcome everybody to the city and our club, too. So yeah. I don't know what else you want me to say. Massive shout out to our friends at the Bellwood Blues. have been phenomenal. And uh, yeah, we just uh, we thank you so much for hopping up and getting a chance to chat with you a little bit. I guess this is the first time you've been back in DC since 2015. So yeah. the players, this is a few different players now from the last time over here. You've had a chance to maybe watch a couple of the preseason games so far. Yeah. Who are you most excited to see first time live in Landover? Oh, goodness. Um, Probably Cesare Casadei. I, I, I love a midfield. That's been a huge matter of importance for us, too, um, with the other transfer business going on, which we'll gripe about at a later time. Um, but had a hugely successful loan, I think, at Reading, right, last year, too. So um, with the way this model's going, it would be really interested to see these, like, 18 to 20-year-olds really play themselves in the first team, and they're really showing that first couple games out, too. So um, Love an Italian midfielder too, so I should have worn my Medi Matteo shirt today, but I did not. So anyway, yeah. Um, now, if you think about it, there's a lot of stuff going on in town tomorrow too. We talked a little bit about what's going on today. What do people need to be aware of tomorrow? What's the plan? What's the agenda? What's yeah. The strategy. Yeah, so um, we actually sold a few bus uh, tickets, so we got two buses leaving Astro here at 10 a.m. Uh, pronto, we will leave your butts here, so please be here on time if you if you if you got a ticket to the bus. Um, but we will be tailgating starting at 11 in the bus RV lot um, too. So we will have a we'll have tents, water, like snacks and stuff like that. But it's largely BYOB, so bring whatever you want. Um, just make sure you stay hydrated, obviously, because it's hell on earth out there right now. So um, <laughs> you know, but. Um, yeah, so we'll be tailgating right up to the match, too. We'll all walk in together, too. Um, if you want to watch whoever the hell's playing earlier, be my guest. But, but yeah, you know, but, you know, hang out in the parking lot with us, too. And then post-match, um, if you want, we're going to be setting up back up here at Astro as well, too, post-match. So if you're down for it, keep drinking with us. We'll be here Sunday night after the match as well. So. All right, well, that's going to do it for our wonderful time with the Velvet Blues. Matt, thank you so much. to kind of a, a normal podcast where we, we touch on what's going on in Chelsea. It's summer. There's a lot of things moving. Unfortunately, Naz, Liam, Tom, they didn't make it because the Premier League hates us. They have moved the press conference three times now, and uh, they just couldn't make it happen. So we're going to rock this one like we normally do, gentlemen. And obviously, uh, a lot, even like in these short days, right? Because right now it's like game, couple days, game, couple days. The news cycle is fast and furious. And I think the biggest one is really Potch showing for the first time after Newcastle, he knows what he wants, and he's gonna start to play the PR game a little bit, Nick. He's, uh, 
I wouldn't say needling, but he's speaking the classic manager undertones. Uh, honesty, I think, is the undertone. He, he knows for a fact that the squad is not complete. We're going to talk about that as we go through and see who kind of makes the final 22, 23, 24, as he, as he stated. But he is pretty adamant that a midfielder comes in. And it's hard to disagree at this point uh, when you look at the way it's constructed. And so a lot of outgoings, Dan, not a ton of incomings. We hope to change that over the next uh, couple days. Yeah, his quote was directly that we cannot have massive squad players not involved, and then it's going to create a mess. Maybe less is more, and more is less. That's why I need to make uh, clear that we do not want a big squad. And then he mentioned that it's 22, 23, 24 players they're looking for. And ultimately, we're, we're almost there. Like, as we start to look at the fact that we're going to be in the second to last game of preseason here coming up in D.C., we're going to get a chance to maybe some of these players are going to play their last 10, 15, 20 minutes just to fill because you have potential rumored signings coming in as well. So it's going to, Brandon, move quickly. And even some of the players we see tomorrow may not feature again in preseason and may be not in a Chelsea serve for the coming season. Look, I don't know how you guys read that, but less is more and more is less. I, I'm twisted up with Pochettino. He clearly is, is trying to figure it out. It's a bit of Mourinho. A little, a little bit of Mourinho in there, to be honest. He, he likes to he likes to play the, the, I don't know, he's feeling it out early on. What we would say is that everyone seems to be happy. As we've been around, uh, we've had media access, got to be in the tunnels. We were there last summer. I can tell you that the vibe under Tuchel and the squad last season was not great. Uh, this season, a lot of players have already left. More are probably going to go, which we're going to talk about. But Pochettino is all smiles. He's building a family atmosphere. The players are there. They're working hard. They're happy. The game gets over. They do a little press. They actually go back onto the field and do conditioning at this point. Everyone's bought in right now, like sans a couple, that I think we'll, we'll touch on. Part of them, they've got loans ready. There's people back at Cobham. The way this preseason is organized from a squad construction, it feels a lot better than last year. Do we remember who played right side a lot? It was Kennedy. Shouts to Kennedy. Does Come anyone up. remember Batshuayi leading the, the line all season? Nobody? Like preseason? You just think back to last her. summer. It, it's, it's totally different. And I think you all will see that with the team and with everything that goes on uh, tomorrow as well. So we do have to play a little balance. Uh, we've got at least five goalkeepers here this summer. So if you start there, we've got to make Not some decisions. Look, some would say not enough, some would say too many. Let's just meet in the middle on this one. Uh, we know Cup is number one, undisputed, right or wrong, that's where we're at at this point in time. Uh, Lucas Bergstrom, he is probably gonna go on loan. Jamie Cumming, the way I see it, is probably your number two right now because there's nobody else and the legend himself, Marcus Latte Cappuccino Bettinelli, is gonna be your third single goalkeeper. formal name, actually. We don't know that, but yeah. Again, the amount of coffees that that guy is able to consume in a preseason tour is amazing. Uh, that's where I see the goalkeeper squad kind of being at this point. I think Jamie Cumming, unfortunately, is gonna be sacrificed to be the number two. He probably wants to leave and go get minutes, but the way it stands, the last report we heard was Maignan from AC Milan is too expensive. Our season is going to heavily ride on Keppa and Jamie Cumming at this point. Big Jamie Cumming crowd here. That's awesome. <laughs> you guys are killing it. There have been some other ideas, I guess, in, in, in the squad composition and things like that. 
I went through the goalkeepers. Eddie, by the way, Beach is young. He's going to go with the dev squad. Like, he's 18. I think he's always been playing up. But when it comes to the defense, Dan, Malong Sar is still on the roster. No, thank you. This, this is true. And the good thing about someone like Amon Sar in previous seasons is he gave you an opportunity to come in, wasn't complaining for minutes, knew it was a squad role, and so that was something that we kind of appreciated. This is an opportunity for Chelsea to sell at pure profit because he came in as a free transfer. So that's a nice thing about Sar, but you also have other defenders. There's some question marks around. You know, where is Matson going to be in terms of can we find a way to keep him involved? Pochettino praised him quite yes. well after yes, the last game. Yes, that's the answer. We yes. can figure out a way yes. to keep Matson involved. And then with the injury to West Safana, Trev Chalaba gets a little bit more time. I know there's thoughts or questions about is he good enough? And I think the question is if you have a player who can cover three positions or four positions, that's a really limited individual, amount of individuals who can do that. I mean, most common graduates, I would say, you could argue, get a chance, Brandon, to play in multiple different positions in the academy setup. But when you have someone who can play right back, center back, DM, potentially at either side of a back three, if Pochettino wanted to play around with that at some point, on the market, you're not going to find a cheaper alternative. At Chelsea Youth, which you have to pronounce the at, uh, Phil, at. He just tweeted that it's very normal for our Kabama graduates to play multiple positions, and he's not surprised with Matson. What we're hearing from our journalist friends is that Shalaba is 100% on the market, and they think Ian Matson is as well. I don't know about you guys, but sh I'm not ready to sell either one of them. So can I get thumbs up, thumbs down? Are we selling Matson? Are we, no? No? You heard him, Todd. What about Trevo? We, no. My only concern when you see players like that potentially being sold is that the new directors want to build their own team and take credit for it. I don't know why else we would move off players like this. Financially, it makes no sense to do it that way, um, even though they are like pure profit on the books because they came through the system and you're not amortizing wages or anything like that. But it doesn't make sense when you have to go replace them with someone it was going to cost you money, and then you're going to have to amortize the wages as well. And there, those wages, even for someone like Mark Gergi, who is the potential replacement for Shalaba, are going to be much higher than just paying Shalaba what he's worth. So, at, you know, God only knows what's happening on that front. But both those players are, are players that I think we'd all hope are, are still on the team this year. And uh, both give you positional flexibility as well. I mean, we've seen uh, Motson do nothing but impress uh, as a forward option that we didn't know we'd have in this preseason. So, yeah, both are great. I think the other sneaky one that you could consider, so Humphreys, who had a chance to play in the center back position in the last match against Newcastle, looked really solid. And so I think that would be something that if you did have a move on any player, you might consider that he would get an opportunity to stick around. You would hope that he gets a loan, probably for his own personal development, but from a squad composition standpoint, he could be a consideration to stay. Yeah, he played half a season in Bundesliga 2 last year. Like, it, it went well, but it, it's not really the best option for him. I understand, again, we have to have depth. Uh, how confident are all of you that Thiago Silva is going to be healthy all season? Mixed, mixed feelings. A little dicey. You're asking a crowd of doctors what their opinion is on that. Look, we've all watched him play, right? We've had a lot of soft tissue injuries lately. Uh, he's a young 39-year-old as, as so. Just like Dan is, a young 39-year-old. 38 still. Sure thing. 
yes, we have less games. That'll help with it. But uh, it's just, again, you're, we're starting to see some potential cracks. You have a goalkeeper, lack of depth. Now you're, if Treble leaves, you're really reliant on Tevez Silva to be healthy. Again, I think as fans, we can be concerned. You would hope that directors are also looking at these gaps and saying, is there someone you can bring up from the academy to bring into a match day roster? Or if not, you need this depth. So again, thinning the squad even more in positions where you don't have a lot of depth doesn't make sense. We play Liverpool in three fucking weeks. Like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, the, the season starts now, basically. Like, Fulham and Dortmund, great. But now you're into preseason kind of prep being over and you have to get ready for Liverpool at home, which is never an easy game. And it's the first game that Poch is going to want to go out and show that he has kind of resurrected himself in the Premier League. So if you don't have the personnel there, that's a real risk. All right, everybody, producer Jake back in the spot to say we are going to jump to an ad break and we'll be right back. All right, let's go ahead and look at midfielders. Connor Gallagher is the hot name being shopped around the league. We have support him, which is good. So Connor Gallagher is one that the fans, I mean, I think from our standpoint, the guy runs so hard. He's technically proficient. I know there's ups and downs on how many goals he scores or should score. But again, temp check from the room. Connor Gallagher, are we a fan? Just to be fair, is there anyone not a fan? Who are we bringing in? All right. Great follow-up question. There were, there were three dissents and most approved, so I think we're, we're pretty much on the approved side there. I think when it comes to the minutes, uh, shout out to Yaz, formerly of the Tinkerman. He's yeah. been tracking this because he's a bit of a nerd. Enzo has played 92 minutes. Chuck Omeka has played 115. Cassidy has played 213. Santos with 150. Uh, and Gallagher with 180. And he threw Lewis Hall in with 37, just because he loves the lad. So midfield, uh, I heard someone bring up the 50 million price tag. If you get 50 million for Connor Gallagher, that is a hard thing to turn down. That is a lot of money for a player at this point in his career. Well, you had Everton in for him in January. It was a 45 million pound deal, but he didn't want to go there. And I think that's the other consideration is the player has more power in these type of moves than in other leagues where they can say like, look, I don't want to go play for this team or that team. You know, maybe he doesn't want to go play for a West Ham, maybe he doesn't want to go play for a Crystal Palace. You know, he, rightfully so, he has a contract with Chelsea, he wants to fulfill it and he wants to be able to go compete. I think the question is going to be with 38 matches, you have a smaller pool of minutes, how many minutes realistically could we say that he gets this season? Is it somewhere above the 1500 mark, which would be similar to where he was last season. With less games, it's going to be difficult. It's also a positional thing. I don't think he's a six. I think he's an eight or a ten. And so then it becomes like, depending on the position you play or if injuries happen, like where does he truly fit in? I don't think he's going to play on the right wing as much. So obviously, it's Ian Moss's position to lose. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's gonna be fascinating with Connor. What I love about him is he just wants to be here. And after last year, people who wanna be here seem pretty attractive to me. Hell yeah. Give it up. So, the system could not favor Connor in this sense. If you play a 4 2 3 1, the two essentially, Enzo's the man. He's got that spot. Who goes with Enzo's the problem? In Kunku, has anyone been to any other stop and seen in Kunku play this summer? 
How good is Nkunku? The boy has skill. Oh my goodness. And he's probably taller than you'd expect. He's at least six foot. He's got some size to him. Uh, that is his spot to do whatever he wants with it. So again, he might be a victim of squad building and saying, Poch goes, yeah, I don't really need an eight. I don't really need kind of this, this 10 is already covered by Nkunku. Maybe another player from the Dutch league that we might talk about later, but he, he might lose out based on that. But I think all Chelsea fans, for the most part, are really hoping Gallagher can stay and feature. Uh, I think Tino Andrin, I was talking to Phil about him a little bit. Uh, he was hot on the radar. Was he under Frank? He was getting minutes. He's a couple injuries. His career is just his stall. But Chester A. Cassidy, allegedly going to Leicester. I just read out the minutes. He's played the most minutes by a mile of any other midfielder, which usually doesn't mean they're going on loan. Because Leicester's sitting there. Could you not? Could you not play him? He, he's been super impressive. Obviously, his dribbling ability is fantastic. Aerially, he's not going to suffer fools uh, in the air. I think some of the passing out of midfield not been as, as polished as you'd hope for for the Premier League when you need that, right? And I think that's where Andre Santos has the edge because at the ball just moves, right? He just knows where to go. He doesn't think about it. Positionally, he's a little bit more disciplined as well. But if you want those wow moments in a match for midfield, Cassidy is going to be a stud. Yeah, I think the Santos one is super interesting. We saw him impress for Brazil in the tournament earlier this year. Chelsea wanted him in the first team when they signed him and couldn't get the work permit. That issue was resolved. So he's in an ability to, I think, really contribute initially. Because at this point, the lineup that Poch is building for Liverpool is, I would say by the time, unless there's a major signing, is almost done. I would say that Whoever he's could that be, Dan? And in, in absence of that individual coming in, I actually think Santos is probably the one most likely to start against Liverpool if we don't sign the, the name we'll mention shortly. So, Chuck is the last one. Again, temp check. Uh, yes is for Chuck Omeka. Okay. Not as strong. strong. Chuck Omeka, how, have you, how many of you are concerned or maybe think he's not ready? Okay. I think that's fair. That I think that he needs minutes, like a lot of these young players. He's gonna have to, he kind of plays that attacking. He gets the ball, likes to turn and drive. We've seen that this preseason. Where does he fit within this system? He's not good in the pivot. He's better in more attacking places. He's another one that I think might struggle to kind of find a good role, unless it is back up to Nkunku. Then no minutes doesn't help him. It, it feels like a loan to me, probably, at this point. And again, it all depends on what Connor does, too, right? All these things are inextricably linked together. Connor leaves, there's a hell of a lot more minutes for someone like Chakrameka. If he doesn't leave, it doesn't really open up a whole lot of possibilities. He's not a winger, and he's not a six, either. So kind of the same problem that we were just talking about. The, the challenge for him is being someone who came up through Villa, being able to contribute in the first team there, coming to Chelsea, having, like many players who came to Chelsea last season, not a great time. And ultimately, you would look to have a Premier League level loan for him, I think would have to be the floor. And I just as you start to look at the teams that might need him, I, I don't think there's a huge number of them right now. Everton need goals, don't they? <laughs> That'd be a charitable contribution to their season. We'll see. Um, back at Cobham, though, in the attack, we still have Hakim Ziyech and Romelu Lukaku. I didn't even have to ask. No. 
You sure didn't. We had dinner with Naz last night, and we were playing this scenario with him with Romelu Lukaku. I don't know if anybody wants him at this point. He's throwing himself a pity party. Dan, I played the scenario that he might not be sold, and if not, what happens to him if he's still in the squad? Does Potch try to bring him in? Do they just freeze him out? We have no idea, but right now, no word on Lukaku is bad. Well, no word is bad. Juventus getting bounced from European competition, which is where he wants to go, also not good. That came out as news yesterday that due to their um, financial misdoings or uh, calculation errors, however they're going to bill it, that... You guys that, know how accounting works. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's that, tough. You know, commas and periods, right? Yeah. The European standard a little bit different than the American standard. Just move some of those around, added a couple extra zeros. Like that, that is going to put, I think, his move to Juventus a little at risk, depending upon if they can get back or find like uh, quarter arbitration of sport has, if they can get an exemption for that removal. That could be something that maybe they play it forward for another year, but ultimately, there's not a lot of market for him, and you just would have to let him hang out by himself. Yeah, I think, I think the point now is, like, if, if Italy's completely shut off, just accept the Saudi offer and move on. Uh, you know, like, that has to be it. I mean, especially if they're going to offer $50 million for him. I mean, yeah, 50 Yes, take it, move on, run him. Because, like, show we were going to talk about Cal Mazzanadoi apparently moving to Fulham. They want to pay $4 million. We want eight. So we're splitting hairs over a couple of million, which is a little weird. Uh, you know, if, you, if you're taking that big of a loss on Callum Brandon, I think the, you know, the 50 million that you get for Lukaku is a lot more attractive at that point. It's, it's gotta move. It's, it's untenable, as one might say, at Chelsea, and they gotta find a solution. I think Ziyech has been quiet as well. Uh, almost got his move to Saudi, but a bit of a knee issue has kind of slowed it down. I haven't seen the rumors come back up, so again, a little concerning about him and, and where he's gonna find a home. Um, but we need wingers. I will tell you this. Angelo is going alone to Strasbourg. Morera's got, he's too young. We gotta find some wingers at this point. It, it, it's starting to become yes, a little bit. His name is Ian Monson. Thank you very much. Yes. The people have spoken. So that's that's internally. I guess is there anyone we've missed that you think that we should be talking about before we move on to potential incomings? Lukaku, Lukaku's gone. As far as we're concerned. Yeah. Yeah, sign sealed. Armando Broya. Right now, there is no backup striker to Nico Jackson except for Armando Broya. We hope it stays that way. We've heard some rumblings that perhaps he is also on the Connor Gallagher let's sell for profit list. That would be incredibly dumb to me. So. I think, I think it's, it's not that it's they're trying to actively sell these players. The issue is that if they got an offer that matched their valuation, then they would look to, to move on if they had a backup option available in the market. And so like that, that's the, the thing. It's not like, oh, they're actively going to external clubs to sell. They're just saying, oh, they would listen to a deal if something good came from that. Regardless, dumb. Yeah, glad, glad I get to spend the time with the extra summer today. <laughs> Anyone else internally in the squad right now? Anybody? Okay. 
so let's let's have a conversation about left back because this has been a bit of a situation for Chelsea. We've had way too many for four years now. We just continue to put ourselves in this in a good situation, some would say. But at this point, Ben Chilwell, by the way, he put on muscle this offseason. Your boy is yoked. It's out of control. So he did a weight program this summer, but he looks good. He he will be the starting left back as long as he's healthy. Cucurella has gotten a bunch of minutes, which I think some of us find concerning, but I think it's important for Poch to figure out what he's got. Can he trust this player or not? I think everybody here, from a fan's perspective, sees what we saw. He made one half-step mistake against Newcastle and gave up the goal. I was, I was down by that goal, and you saw him realize. But he's a front-foot player. I also saw him absolutely smash Tonali, which was fun. But that's what you get with him, right? It's either really good or really unfortunate. And as a professional, you need to be consistent and so you can be relied upon. He hasn't been that consistency. Lewis Hall seems to be like a really good left back for the Premier League. He's 18. He plays center mid for the academy. So you talk about positional flexibility. He provides some. And then obviously, I've been calling for this all summer tour. I want to see Ian Matson play left back. He's the only one of the guys who hasn't gotten minutes at left back. We need to see him there so Potts knows. So I'm pulling for it again. Ian Matson to start at left back in this game. Well, Lewis Hall, too, if you look at his stats, like they, they, they were effectively elite level left back stats from that position. Again, being played out of position at the end part of last season in a team that couldn't do anything right. He was a bit of a shining star at the very, very tail end of the season. So. It'd be interesting to see if we can get him accommodated. The, the issue with Cook Reyes is there's, there's no market. Like he got a massive pay raise coming to Chelsea. He's got a you know a huge amount of money the club would want to recoup from that type of transaction. And you, if you were to find a way for him anywhere, it would like be a loan with like an obligation to buy or something. And, and there's you're going to wait till very late in the window for somebody to come after. I think maybe knock the knock the door over. Yeah, I mean the market's essentially like if your left back gets injured and you need someone to replace him. That's, that's about it, unfortunately. Uh, the, the jump uh, on, on Wednesday was tough to watch, obviously, because Chelsea had played so well in the first half, and I think, frankly, dominated Newcastle in a way that I did not expect. Um, I think the team played really well, so, yeah, disappointing that an individual error, which we've seen a lot of in the last three years, has, has kind of undone us, but, um, you know, hopefully uh, we're gonna see some different personnel in there tomorrow. Uh, last thing I would say is that Matt Law said it on the pods with him, and Naz has reinforced it. It sounds like there's stuff that's gone on in his personal life that has also um, distracted him from being great. So whatever that is, no one said it, but I would bring that human element into it. I don't know if you guys saw the Cucurella video with the Hilton, where it's like tucking in, uh, was it um, Malagusto and Morera, whatever. Uh, from what we hear, he's an unbelievable person. He's super fun, he's bright, everyone likes him. So I guess win-win is we find a settle, but the problem is I think everybody's really excited about Ian Motson, as we've heard. So is he the blocker is a bit of the problem. So I hear you there. How about we talk about signings? Some people might be coming in, huh? Anybody want a center defensive mid? Who here loves negotiating with Brighton? Sorry, guys. I, I don't know. Tony Bloom, he's out. Caicedo, uh, uh, David Ornstein saying the most recent offer of 80 million pounds for that one. 80 million. And Brighton said, nah, we're good, which I don't know what planet they're living on. Um, it'd be club record signing. The player wants to go, obviously. 
it, it, we're in this weird situation. The only breakthrough I'd say is Deserby finally told everybody they have a replacement if they need it. It's time to get it done. Brighton have been in the United States. Chelsea have been in the United States. They've been in the same city how many times? Win Stanley, you've been there a long time. You know the people. Make the calls. Get it done. Especially at this point. Like, three, three weeks left. Like, he has to come in. He has to learn what Poch needs out of him. Uh, you know, if we're haggling over 20 million pounds in this uh, weird-ass football economy that we have, it seems really stupid. Just pay the money, get it done, or move on completely and move on to someone better. He's young. You're going to get him, like, in his best years. And if you look at the player radars that we've seen, he's he's monster. He's all over it. All right, everybody, one more time. Producer JQ to say one more ad break, and then we'll be right back to wrap this one up. Uh, we did sign a midfielder today, Dan. I don't know, did you hear? Amazing. Amazing that we can deal with deals so quickly when a team wants to sell. And that, that's the difference. Brighton don't necessarily want to sell, which is making the Caicedo deal very difficult. Um, but uh, Ren uh, had no issues selling a player to Chelsea within the last 24 hours. It's uh, Les Leslie Chukwu, uh, who is a... I would say he's a generally a very well-rounded center midfielder. He can play in that deeper, more defensive role. Um, Lequipe was saying that uh, the medical is actually already done, uh, but right before this. So, like, ultimately, Nick, I think we're in a situation where this is a player who actually mapped very closely to Agarte, who Chelsea were interested in previously. Um, played 14 games last season, and so, like I said, a little bit of a rise. You know, he seems like a player that Brighton would go buy for the 20 to 30 million before, like, and take our money from, you know, the, the, the Caicedo deal. Yeah, eat your heart out, Tony Bloom. Uh, we got him, and... We got him, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we got him. Just need the banner to drop down. Uh, yeah, he's a destroyer, right? This is a player who's young, who needs a lot of work. There, there's no telling if he's going to go on loan to Strasbourg or if he's going to be at Chelsea this year. There's potential that he's with us just based on our current midfield situation, which is not great, but he is a young player, so there's going to have to be some patience exercised here. All right, so and, and this is the thing. So yes, we're now in this multi-club model area with Co. so we've got all these other teams like Strasbourg and others coming down the pipe, most likely in Portugal and Belgium. So. Chelsea can loan seven players internationally, so it's not like the entirety of Strasbourg is going to be filled with three, and then you get to Portugal and you get three more there. Like, and eventually at a certain point, Chelsea will not be able to loan any more players internationally. And so we already have one on loan, David Dr. Profana, Union Berlin. Looks like he's gonna have a lot of opportunity to impress there. And we'll talk about it, but we actually are starting to hear rumors that one goalkeeper may be leaving on the loan, Gago Salina, going elsewhere. So that puts two, which means you have five left, which means that you're most likely gonna send two to three to Strasbourg. And we already know that Angelo is one of the ones that has been talked about by their sporting director. So we're now up to three. So you have four spots left to send every other player that Chelsea acquires. And it just feels like if you don't necessarily have the midfielder positions that you're looking for or the player profiles, I would say he almost, to me, seems more likely as like a breaking case of emergency where if the Caicedo deal just drags, he's gonna get thrown in. If it doesn't, and then actually ends up passing, then he would be someone who would go on loan. I think those are the considerations there. Gaga Slanina needs to play. Uh, don't save him, put him out. Uh, the Belgian league, I think a lot of people were confused about the Belgian league maybe not being good enough. I'm kind of excited about it. There's Champions League teams there. 
the most important thing for goalkeepers is to get minutes and play every single game. So if they get assurances that he can go there and be the number one, it's going to be really impressive. We've seen a lot of top, top players get their start in Belgium and come over. Uh, but Gaga Slunita is now the second high-profile U.S. player to really come through uh, Chelsea. We saw the Pulisic didn't really kick off the way he wanted to. Um, Gaga is one for the future, no doubt about it. He's played day in, day out in the MLS, wants to continue to play. At the dev squad, Phil said he's too good. I just want to make sure that we don't maybe jump the gun with this one. Yeah, you need to manage the goalkeeper situation really carefully, right? We, we've seen in the past when we haven't done that, that it's not gone as well. Um, and so you definitely want him to get minutes. You definitely want him to face adversity because that is the life of a goalkeeper is to face adversity. Um, and this is a player who we beat Real Madrid out for their for his signing, right? So this is someone who we clearly believe in, who is probably a couple years away, if we're honest, Brandon, from, from maybe making his first team start at Chelsea. And maybe that's impacting what we are doing in that position, is that there is so much belief in who he is going to be at some point that we're maybe not going to buy like the first team keeper in this window. Look, I think you need to find a bridge also for the squad. I don't know if you can go out and buy someone to compete with Keppa. Maybe you could get a good number two, but then at that point, they almost need to be English just for the bonus points of homegrown squad composition. Did anyone say we got linked with Emmy Martinez? Yes, no? Anybody watch the World Cup? Did he enjoy shenanigans? <laughs> Any celebrations of no that happened during that time? He would be one that would obviously come in expecting to play and compete. The way I look at it is, don't get a David Raya because he's just like a Keppa. If Keppa's not good enough, Raya's probably not gonna be good enough. Go get someone completely different where I see an Emmy Martinez makes sense. I do like the, Diego, the Diogo Costa shout from, from Portugal. Portugal. Well, yeah, from the Portuguese league where he's playing. He's got the right build, he's got the games underneath him. I think he could come in at an affordable rate and play right away. I'm, I'm really worried about this. The affordable is most this likely one. like 80 million euros, though, just in case you're wondering what the, what the affordable definition the of a goalkeeper is. The market rate as set by Keppa, thankfully. Enough of the goalkeepers. Wow. I have there any other links that you guys have of this? We'll do Q&A at the end, and you bring us your players that you think Chelsea are going to sign. But for now, the big question. New gaffer means new captain, Nick. A sizable hole left by Cesar Azpilicueta. Give it up for Asby. That is the correct response. Thank you. Um, we are going to uh, list off four potential captains of Chelsea Football Club. And you, the audience, shall vote on which one you think is most ready to take the armband. Sound good? Thiago Silva. Sizable. Sizable. Reese James. One Benjamin Chili Chilwell. Raheem Sterling? Tough beat for Aslan. But it sounds like Reese James has won the day on that. We'll just uh, send that over. We'll clip this. We'll give it to Potch. We'll see him tomorrow. And uh, like this, is, 
it's a strong sample size of people, so I feel pretty good about it. There's no doubt. There's no doubt about that. Uh, captain is a big one, vice captain, penalty takers. These are all things that like we've had settled for years and we're no longer there. So there's a lot of firsts. Uh, penalty taker, I think is gonna be really interesting. It's, it's gonna be Jackson or Nkunku. Like it, it just has to be, you want, you, you know, I, I hate Oh, you're backtracking. Goals as a combination. But they don't do the skip, Dan. I don't care. You odd. want your goal scorers to be up front and giving them the opportunity to actually convert goals, and goals are confidence builders, and so getting the opportunity to add a couple extra goals this season. Again, Chelsea did not win a lot of penalties last year, so like, yeah, we also have to count the fact that we might not win a ton, and then there'll be a, a few, like, three or four opportunities over the course of a 38-match season. Well, that's VAR's problem, not ours, so they can sort that out. Uh, one of the great things that came out of Chelsea's U.S. summer tour is that uh, Naz and a lot of the journalists got to sit down, it sounds like, with a lot of time with Ben Chilwell. Uh, he is, I think, the second or third oldest player in the squad, which is crazy to think about. Fourth? All right, he's up there. He's, what, 25 now? 26? Um, he, he is quietly growing as a leader in this locker room. And... What we got to hear from them, I think the credit to the journalists who really got these things pulled out of them, but the first one is he did talk about how he wants to be the captain. I can see him almost being like a third captain within this team, right? Like, Tiago makes sense from the experience and the leadership standpoint, less so from the minutes he's probably going to play, whereas Reese James really fills that void. I, 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 his mentality and his work rate is second to none. We saw it in Porto when Chelsea won the Champions League. He did not stop running until he was absolutely shattered that game and ton of respect. Uh, but he wants to be the captain and why not? He's, he's being a leadership role. He can defend, he scores goals. He's been there now for what seems like a long time. Yeah, the, the interview's fantastic. We obviously encourage you guys to go read it because one, it helps out our, our journalist friends and two, it's great. Uh, but it was really interesting because he hasn't been one that I've kind of thought about myself as a potential captain. And you read the interview and you're like, he's, he's kind of training for this right now. He's trying to put himself out there in a way that maybe I didn't know if he had. Being a captain's a lot more than just being a really good enforcer on the field, right? You have to shake hands, kiss babies, do all the other things that a captain has to do at Chelsea Football Club. A lot of commercial responsibilities that the club is going to have as they try and make money, right? So for someone like, like either Reese or Ben or whoever gets it, they're going to have a ton on their plate outside of just the football stuff, which is hard enough. So when I look at this interview, we'll go through some of the quotes about him helping players like Mudrik or you know, building a winning mentality again. All this stuff kind of speaks to his maturity as a player. Is it odd that two of the three players, or four players we talked about for captain, are players that have not managed to complete a full season in the last couple of years? That's also a problem, Dan. Yeah, no, it really is. It turns out the injuries are not great uh, for, for either Reese or Ben, and so they're really gonna have to figure out how to stay healthy this season, and hopefully the increased fitness program is gonna help them get there. So you talked a lot about Mudrik, and again, Mudrik has been super exciting this preseason. Shout-outs to Mudrik. Give it up. He's, uh, Chilwell talked about how he just helps him. He sat down, talked with him, literally had a conversation with him, saying how good Mudrik can be. 
and I think seeing seeing those experienced players bring Mudrik under their wing and talk them through what it's like playing in the Premier League is going to be so important. And like I said, Mudrik is unbelievably fast. When Fofana says that Mudrik is faster than Mbappe and it's not even close, he's not kidding. Like, I hope we get to see Mudrik open it up in this game because when he did it in Philly, we've all seen the clip. He literally teleported on the field. And the players inside the locker room know how important and about how big of a game changer he can be. So I think that was really exciting to see. Uh, and then lastly, this team has to figure out the winning mentality because they're young. They haven't, there's not a lot of people who have won the trophies with Chelsea over the years. And so that's going to have to be something that we get. I'd love to see Poch go out there, push for the League Cup right away, get one under the belt, and set that as the standard. I mean, yeah. that, that would really just do a number on Spurs supporters, right? They're going to lose Harry Kane. They're going to watch Pochettino lift a trophy with Chelsea in the first season. And they're, they're, like, I, I don't know. I just think the club would, like, spontaneously combust. It'd be a real shame, wouldn't it? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there is a massive opportunity for a player like Chelwell, for a player like Reese James, who are not old. They're, okay. they're young players relative to go out and help teach some of these other young cats that are coming through how to win, the grind that it takes to win, the sacrifice that it takes to win. It's something that Poch talked about the other day, too. Is like, it's not about you and your personal performance. It's about how the team does as a collective because at the end of the day, winning is all that matters, and you have to have a good team mentality to do that. All right. Thank you so much. Obviously, unbelievable, guys. Thank you so much. A reminder, we are only the first course of this three-course meal tonight. There's a lot more coming on. Spy coming up next. Um, we're going to be hanging out. Uh, this is an awesome weekend. Dive in, get involved. We would, uh, we'd also love to take a photo. Uh, if you guys can pull forward. Yeah, if everyone when, could gather in here. take it from the top down so, here. So. Into the middle section. Make room for friends. Make room for family. One second. Get we will, we will oh. definitely do a group photo for sure. What I want to say is come find us. We have a lot of Chaos and Trophies t-shirts. If you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or you subscribe on YouTube, we will give you one for free. One surprise last. All right, everybody, come on up. Let's do it. But what's the last thing? How do we end this? Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying.